Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Saints Hour. Mike Hoss, along with Saints Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis. Back-to-back wins, wins over Carolina, and then the Giants 24-6 to to get to 7-7. Seven and seven. That NFC South still, still out there, and, you know, it was just that giant win. I don't mean giant win, but the New York giant win. There's no perfect game, but that was a pretty complete game. Yeah, look, I, I thought, uh, yeah, I, I think that's probably the best way to say it is that we did some really good things on offense, defense, and special teams. You can point to uh, each area and point to a lot of positive plays and not many negative ones. I, Look, we kind of started slow, I think, in the first half offensively. Um, had some opportunities, but but uh, uh, came out at the beginning of the first half, and and I think we scored on our first three possessions um, with with sustained drives. That 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 was all good uh, um, and good to see. There, we can talk about some individual players, but there's certain stats. That, that jump out for me. And you only get to this third down stat because of the way you played on first and second down. But the Giants were two of 16 on third down. And they what they needed to get as an average on third down was 10 and a half yards. So on 16 third downs, they faced at least 10 and a half yards as an average. That is a, a stunning stat right there. And it speaks volumes again to your third down, but also your first and second down. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, when you, when you go through these games and you, and you look at, you know, situational football, if you have um, third down and, and in that, I'll call it six or less yards, your, your uh, opportunity to convert to first downs goes up pretty dramatically. If you're seven plus, then uh, the percentages of conversion are way down. I think, yeah, we were two of six. They were two of sixteen. Um, I think twelve of those were seven yards plus, um, and that—that's why they were two of sixteen. To be honest with you, um, thought our defense did a great job in, in situational football. Um, you know, interestingly enough, we—you know—they've done a great job this year with takeaways, and and this was a game where we didn't really have any takeaways, but we did have you know, two turnovers on downs. And so uh, in my mind, those are like takeaways. Well, I know Dennis counts them uh, as takeaways. He talks about it. He talks about them all the time, seven sacks. I don't know. 
um, that you could set the tone any better than the way Demario Davis set the tone. Uh, I mean, he had 10 tackles, a sack, two tackles for a loss, a quarterback hit, but it was really kind of just the intensity that he kind of brought that I, I just felt set the tone. Yeah, you know, during the week, he challenged some of the veteran players, um, you know, to have a little gas in your tank. Let's see what you got. And, and look, a number of guys, Demario, Tano, um, um, you know, some of our offensive players, Alvin, and they, they responded. Um, and, and look, you're going to – oftentimes you're going to go as your veteran players and your leaders go, and, and they certainly showed up uh, last weekend. And whether he needed it or not, I don't know. He's been throwing 70% his last six games, but very impressive game for Derek Carr. Again, 70-plus. I think it was one of his – I think the six best completion percentage in his career. I mean, it was just a – it was a, it was a day, a solid day for him. And, and again, maybe he won, he needed it. I don't know. Yeah, look, it was a solid day for Derek. Um, you know, he made, he made, you know, really good decisions. Um put the ball in the right places most of the time. And, and uh, look, our players, you know, made plays and, and that's despite not having, um, you know, Mike Thomas or Chris Olave out there. So uh, each week it's been a little bit of a um, merry-go-round in terms of who's playing and, and the playmakers that we have on the field. And, and uh, you know, Chris wasn't able to go, but Rashid was, uh, we got uh, Taysom Hill back this week, who, interestingly enough, didn't play, didn't have a lot of production um, uh, in this particular game. He's an important player to us. Um, in each of our wins, he's played an important role, and this was one of the few games where he didn't have a lot of touches and a lot of opportunities, um, and yet we were still able to win. And no Ryan Ramchek and this offensive line, Derek Carr was sacked just one time. He, the, the touchdown he threw to Keith Kirkwood, man, he got a ton of time. I mean, this offensive line without Ryan Ramchick and Kayvon Thibodeau on the other side felt like they had, and again, and I feel like another significantly impressive performance. Yeah, look, I think I think our coaches had a good plan uh, for blocking Kayvon uh, Thibodeau, who's had a, a you know great season so far. They had a they had a good plan for him and and uh, didn't allow him to to uh, um, you know wreck the game. But it's a short week, but it's a short week for both teams. You do have to travel. Uh, we had Dr. Matt Ray on last night, and not surprisingly, he talked about the science of the body healing. And he said it's about 48 hours for most to, to about Tuesday afternoon, this afternoon at, at some point or earlier today, some longer. But it, it, is a, it is a toll on the body. But he said it's really the where you lose, and I say lose, but both teams are going through it, is it, you, it's, it's, you, the condensed time of on the field work, the body will heal itself somewhere in that time, but where you lose is really getting the on the field work, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, we definitely, we definitely don't have the same level of preparation that you would have in a normal week. Both teams are in that um, circumstance. You know, you don't have as much time to game plan. So everything gets compressed. Generally the game plans get a little more simple. Um, you rely on things that that you've done well during the season, and uh, becomes a little more. I think in these circumstances, it becomes a little bit more about us as opposed to about the opponent. Um, there's still certainly that element, but but just because of the time frame uh, and the preparation time, you ha you have to um, you know condense things. 
Last question of this segment before we take a break. Is there any um, advantage because you have this the first year that the NFL is doing the two Thursdays for teams that can have two Thursdays? You did it week seven to weeks, week six to seven, um, that you you at least you, you kind of have been through this, this, this kind of Monday through Thursday schedule. Yeah, well, look, everybody, uh, you know, we've all had Thursday games, uh, all of us. Um, I think this is the first time where we've had uh, we've had two split apart. I think, you know, one year we had a, a Thanksgiving Thursday and then played the following Thursday. But that's a normal, you know, one week schedule. So um, this is a little different. Um, you know, look, we're going to pass judgment on it based on if we win or lose. Right. <laughs> that's what we do. Um, but look, the schedule is a schedule. Everyone's going to have to, at some point deal with this. Um, and you know, it, our numbers up this year. So, um, it'd be easier certainly if we didn't have to travel, uh, for this second one, but look, the benefit is that, you know, we're going to have 10 days, you know, after this game. So there's, there's certainly the downside of a short week, but on the other end of it, you get a longer week and, and, um, we'll take advantage of that. Take a quick break. Mike Hoss along with Saints Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis. This is the Saints Hour back after this on the Community Coffee New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Welcome back to the Saints Hour. Mike Hoss along with Saints Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis. Today, the team announced that the team had voted Foster Morrow, the 2023 Ed Block Courage Award uh, for the Saints based on those who have persevered through adversity, work ethic, and clearly what, what Foster did battling uh, with cancer before even really signing with this team uh, speaks volumes. It's kind of his character. And really, we, we I think sometimes we forget what, is, what this young man has been through a short time ago. You know, it was because it was in the offseason and he's back out playing. But we I don't think we, we, we don't give it maybe enough credit. Well, um Look, it's, it's good that we, you know, have kind of put that on the back burner because that means things have gone well, right? Um, look, I was right there with with uh, um, with Foster when he got the, you know, diagnosis. Um, that, that is about as shocking uh, information as you can get, I think, when you're going through what you think is going to be a really routine physical. And um, credit to you know, Dr. Amos and, uh, for, for, you know, discovering it, number one. And credit to um, all the doctors and, and medical people that have helped him um, get treatment for and, and overcome this. But most of all, look, Foster, um, you know, his, medic, his uh, mental toughness to get through that and play this season has just been really remarkable. And, and um, we're all proud of him for that. Um, uh, it's it's hard to you know you can't put yourself in those shoes unless you've been through something like that. But um, he certainly is is deserving of the Ed Block Courage Award. And he has a kind of a larger than life. If you those who don't know him, he's got a larger than life sense of humor. I mean, he is, uh, and but he's kind of taken this not surprisingly um, and turned it into you know you play offense, uh, making that his message. Uh, get your cancer screenings, get those medical checkups, do the things that nobody wants to do, but you need to do it. Yeah, look, he's one of those guys. And look, I think, I think, um, 
I would say virtually every player on our team is, is, is like this, is they're going to take some adversity and turning it, turn it into something positive. That's just, it's part of being um, a high achiever that which all these guys are, they're high achievers, right? They can, can deal with, they've all dealt with adversity in their life in one form or another, and they've all uh, come out the other side of it stronger and better. And they all have the capacity to transfer that uh, to the community and to the people around them. And, and Foster certainly one of those guys. He's, he's really upbeat, really positive. He does have uh, uh, what I would say is a quirky sense of humor. Um, and, and look, I think in some ways it was a blessing that, that uh, this was discovered and he was able to come home to New Orleans and, and be surrounded by uh, a pretty big support system here. Um, but all credit to, to Foster. And quite frankly, it is that character of the entire team that you talk about, and it's not really a question, but that's how they become saints. That's how they get into the locker room. It, it is that that kind of character. And we, we talk about this every week, but I don't know that it's been. So Las Vegas loses to Minnesota 3 nothing. Then they win the next week 63-21. Seattle beats Philly last night. Carolina beats Atlanta. I don't know that. I don't know that I actually don't like the word parody because that makes it sound like it's not good. Right. I think these are good teams. Seven and seven feels like a, a, a different seven and seven than in years past. Maybe it is parody, but there's nothing that surprises you in the NFL these days. Well, look, listen, we I've said this before. Uh, lots of people have said it. The, the difference between winning and losing in the NFL is, is uh, um, really small. Um, there's not a team in, in the NFL that can't beat another team. There's not a um, there's not a great team in the NFL that can't lose to the team that has the worst record. It, it, the, the margins are so small that um, any of the variables that happen during the course of a game can change the outcome of a game. And so you just have to be conscious of that. You have to you know just keep grinding. Um, as long as you have a chance uh, to make the playoffs, you just keep grinding. And then even then you, you keep grinding because. Uh, Look, winning a game is is really difficult, and it's an accomplishment, regardless of what your record is. You could see, you know, I saw the end of the Carolina game, and just man, the the um, the relief, the the joy that those guys got from winning a game, um, you know, speaks volumes. Uh, it speaks volumes as to their commitment and their passion for for the game, and and uh, I think we all all need to keep that in mind uh, as we watch these games. We need to take our second break. This is Mike Oss along with Saints Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis. This is the Saints Hour. We're back after this on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back. This is the Saints Hour. Mike Hoss along with Saints Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis uh, at the owners' meetings in Dallas. Um, was there, I know other than I know the Super Bowl in 27, so far, we're... We are heading for Thursday. Was there a lot of officiating talk, or is it that come later when more of the committees get together? Yeah, look, uh, um, you know, I'm on a couple of committees. There was a little bit of discussion about officiating, about uh, you know the way things are are, are uh, going this season. We got some statistics and and some trends. Um, there'll be a, obviously a much bigger discussion after the end of the season, and and all the information's in. Um, you know, they expanded the number of international games, uh, I think from four to eight, um, uh, for down the road so that they can take uh, the NFL football to a few other markets. Um, let's see what else. I, I can't remember too many other things that obviously there's discussions about, you know, a lot of different topics. Um, I think primarily in the owners meeting, they're discussing a lot of business issues, but um, there were a few uh, football issues uh, discussed. I'm asking this question not because of your team, but because I've seen it uh, several other times, and it feels like there needs to be some clarity versus what I would call an Aussie punt <laughs> or someone who happens to take two steps in one direction, right? Because I, I feel like there's I've seen it several times where I don't, I'm not sure, you know, there's a difference, right? Well, yeah, look, I mean, th- when, when you do the, uh, the rugby style or Aussie punt, whatever you call it, and you're, you're um, rolling out effectively before you punt it, you lose some of the protections, not all of them, but you lose some of the protections that um, the normal punt would get, punter would get. Um, you know, where that line, you know, exactly where that line is, I'm not sure. Um, Look, I, it was a good call, you know, um, the week before when when, when we got the, uh, um, you know, when we got the roughing and the kicker, that was a good call, I thought. And then and then the week before when when we didn't, that I mean, that's the rule. So uh, we have to understand that and and you know act accordingly. It's as we often talk about. It's not really who you play, but when you play them. And there would have been a time this year when you looked at the Rams maybe differently. Uh, they've won four of their last five. And if you go back to that 
uh, the loss was the Baltimore game. It's they kind of, I won't say had in hand, but they, they had that game in pretty good situation until Baltimore scored late and then uh, the punt returned to enter. They could have easily have won uh, their last five. This is a team with Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup and Kyron Williams that, that will be a very, very formidable opponent on Thursday night. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they've got they've got uh, well coached. Uh, they've got a heck of an offense with a veteran quarterback who's who's been one of the better players in our league for for quite some time. And they have, you know, weapons um, in Cooper Cup and this rookie receiver uh, Puka. They've got a good running back that you know their offensive lines played well. They've got you know a, a player a tight end that they can go to. So they they are a dangerous team. Um, and can put up a lot of points. I think they've put up a lot of points in the last four yeah. or five weeks. Like 30, you know, they didn't yeah, have 33 or 39. Mm-hmm. They didn't have, you know, their best receiver, Cooper Cup, at the beginning of the season. So, um, you know, that may explain some of their early struggles. But, but yeah, they're a good football team, and, and we're going to have to have our A game to be competitive. Is there any, not advantage, but certainly because you played there and so far against the Chargers, and by the way, it, we had an earthquake and a hurricane. And so, and it's supposed to rain Thursday night again. So I'm just, but there is some, it's, you know, whenever you go into any new building, it's, it's tough. But this team is, you know, for the most part to have played in this building, that's not a division game. You know, it's got to help a little bit. Yeah. Look, I think whenever you're familiar with the surroundings that, that, that does help a little, I, I, I you know, I don't think it's going to make the difference in winning or losing or anything like that, but we've been to, uh, we've been to the stadium. We're familiar with it. Um, familiar with the turf. That's probably the more important thing is just getting used to, you know, the footing and, and um, the turf itself. And, and so we've, we've had a chance to do that earlier this year. We will end it where um, we didn't have a chance to talk about it last week because you were in Dallas. You got win number 200 and you've already gotten win number 201. I, I feel like maybe 201 was probably, you know, more relaxing and you got it out of the way because you already had 200 and you've already passed somebody. You passed Ozzie Newsome uh, with, with, with 201. Um, I'm sure it was fun in Dallas. I'd be around your peers uh, and to, to have, you know, have that under your belt. Yeah, look, that's, um, it's not something that I kept track of. You know, I was made aware of it by actually uh, um, Jeff Duncan a few weeks back and, you know, I, I accused him of lying at first. He said, ah, that's not, I'm not close to that. And then, you know, you start looking it up and, and, uh, you know, I talked to Doug Miller and look, the thing that is, um, I guess, satisfying is that, man, the list of guys that are in that group of, of 200, you know, Ozzy, who's a good friend of mine, he's a great general manager, um, great person, Kevin Colbert, who doesn't get nearly enough credit for, um, the job he did for many, many years in Pittsburgh. Um, Bill Polian, who's a close friend of mine and, and a guy that I've always admired and aspired to be like. Um, it's just, it's, you know, it's nice to be uh, um, on any list that those guys are on. Jerry Jones, you know, as an owner, Al Davis. I mean, that, those guys, um, yeah, you know, I just think so much of all the people on that list that, you know, but here's what I said too: is that look, 200 wins is great. It's you know one of the reasons I got into team sports is I just love the feeling of you get when you win, right? But I didn't really think about how awful you feel when you lose, and and you know I've done that 150 times as GM. That doesn't feel very good either. But um, 
and 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 but it, but it was it's a fun to mark a milestone um yeah but i i don't i don't I, honestly i haven't really thought a lot about it since then and what this team has done finally is is what they talk about play within themselves it's it's about the saints and let's stack success and then stack wins and and that's what you have to do you have to stack success and then you stack wins and just see see what happens in the end see where this thing lands yeah you just look you you play the game you put it behind you and, and you look forward to the next game and just focus solely on it and uh, if you do that generally good things can happen so just keep preparing and and uh, get yourself ready to play, and then we'll see where it all ends up. All right, sir. Appreciate your time as always. Let's get 202 on Thursday night and move on from there. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you in Los Angeles. Thank you, Mike. Let's pause 10 seconds to let stations identify themselves here on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. I will step aside, and Sports Director Steve Geller and sideline reporter Jeff Nowak will carry on as the Saints get ready for Thursday night football and the Rams here on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, y'all. Who dat? I'm Jeff Nowak, filling in for Mike Haas the rest of the way on the Saints Hour, and it's going to be myself and Charlie Long bringing you up till 8 p.m. There's a few things I want to talk about here. You know, I think there's a few things we can get into. I know, Charlie, we were talking before I came on about, man, the NFC standings. They are, I want to say they're a mess, but they're actually very, very condensed. They're very simple to look at. There's a lot of seven and seven teams. You got seven and seven, uh, six and eight, five and nine. There is going to be there are there's a whole pack of teams right now. There's going to be at least three playoff teams among them, and the best record of that group is seven and seven. So let me actually get the number on this, and so I have it perfect because out of the 16 teams in the NFC, 
there are currently seven of them that are either seven and seven or six and eight. Five of them are seven and seven. So yeah. as you said, very condensed in the middle of the pack. Uh, which, if you do the math on that, and give me just a second, is forty-three percent of the teams in the NFC are currently right da- uh, smack dab <laughs> in the middle, seven and seven or six and eight, guys. So you're looking at the Bucks leading the way at the four seed right now because they're leading the NFC South. And we'll go over all these schedules as well because I think it makes a lot of sense to kind of look at which of these teams are going to be moving up and down the ladder, so to speak. The Vikings are seven and seven. The Rams are seven and seven. Those are those three teams in those three playoff spots, as you were mentioning, Jeff. And then there are four teams that are kind of in the hunt still. These I'm not really counting Chicago and and um, I think the Giants are both right. five and nine. I Mathematically, think they're, they're still alive, but when you see that many teams at seven and seven, exactly. it's like virtually impossible. Even if they did get to, eight it's and nine. like a one percent chance for one of those teams right. to potentially sneak in. So I'm not really counting them. We got uh, currently sitting outside of the playoff picture, but still in the hunt. The Seahawks at seven and seven, the Saints at seven and seven, the Falcons and the Packers both at six and eight. So Jeff, we kind of talked about this segment how we wanted to do it. I wanted to look at these schedules for the final three weeks for yeah. all of these teams, all seven of these teams. You're looking at the Bucks. They go. Uh, they actually come home for back-to-back games against the eight and six Jacksonville Jaguars. Then the seven and seven Saints, obviously next week, and then they uh, wrap up the season at Carolina, two and twelve. You and I were both talking about it. You can't really expect Carolina to do it twice. It was a miracle <laughs> yeah. last week that they beat, you know, Atlanta. Yeah, I think you're looking at. You know, Tampa Bay feeling pretty good about this schedule. Yeah, and I think that Jags game is really the only chance you have left to to kind of plug a loss on them. I mean, anyone can stumble and lose a game, but I think you got the you got the gift from the Panthers Correct. that you can expect to get the Christmas gift of the what was it nine to seven win yes. over the Falcons and Desmond Ritter has a, was a big part of that. You know, and uh, yeah, that's a, that, see that's like when the Saints played the Panthers last week. And I was like, this is an iceberg. And if you hit it, bad things happen. And the Saints steered around it. The Falcons, the Falcons they went right, into, right it. into it. I mean, and, that, that interception that Ritter threw, and oh. then it was followed up by you know a 90-yard drive that ended up yeah. finishing the game on a game-winning chip shot field goal for the Panthers. I mean, that was as ugly as it gets. But Carolina gave the Saints a gift, yes. and now the Falcons are definitely on the outside Six looking and in. Eight. Yeah, they still have a chance, right, because they have the head-to-head game against the Saints. So if – but they can't stumble. They, they can't, they can't they, stumble, they can, but they, they do have the loss. ability to hand the Saints another loss, which means that if, for example, the Jag- the Jaguars do beat the Bucks, and the Falcons can get to 9-8, and eight, you're kind of looking at that as, okay, they're going to win the tiebreaker against the Saints. So it could still come down to that Week 18 game. Yeah. The, you're feeling confident that Tampa Bay at least reaches eight wins because yeah. of that Carolina game. Now, what happens, the question mark is Jacksonville and New Orleans. If they stumble to Jacksonville, then the Saints have the potential to seal the NFC South if they beat both L.A. and then win in Week 17 against uh, the Bucks in Tampa Bay. Yeah. Uh, so moving on, we got the six-seeded Vikings, 7-7. Seven and seven. They are in trouble. They are in deep <laughs> trouble because yes. that 14-point lead that they blew against Cincinnati, I mean, they had the tiebreaker over the Saints. They won that game head-to-head, but they played Detroit twice in these final yeah. three games. And Detroit, we're just seeing what they did to Denver just this past weekend. Uh, but in between those games, they also have Green Bay. I think Green Bay is in a similar spot as the Falcons where they need to win out, get to a 9-8 record, and potentially have a shot to make the playoffs uh, just because there's so many teams that you expect to finish with nine wins. Yeah, and the, and the Saints, you know, they did themselves no favors in terms of they're not going to win a lot of tiebreakers. Like a lot of the teams that they're like, they lost to the entire NFC North, right? Like that's these are teams that are factors in that. The I mean, the Lions are you know they they have a tough closing schedule too. But I mean, the Vikings, the Packers, they're in this conversation. The game that 
I didn't think about it while it was going on because last night I was rooting for the Seahawks to come back and, you know, for Drew Locke to get that game-winning drive. Then afterwards I thought about it and I was like, man, the Saints would have been much better off with the Seahawks losing that game. Yeah. Because it's just another team and you look at it and like, so if the Saints can't win the NFC South, you know, and that's that's the most straightforward road. If I'm the Saints, I'm not even considering a wild card. But in the interest of this discussion, if you do end up not winning the NFC South, and looking at it and saying, how do you get into the playoffs as a wild card? Well, you're four and five in the NFC. And if you lose another game, you're four, you're going to end up at best, what, six and six in the NFC, right? I, I want to say that a win against, and, and I mean, the guys were talking with Scott Chanley about this in the last hour, but if I think a win against LA skyrockets their chances at, if you don't oh, win the South, right, right. you're. You have to win that game. You're going to be a wild card team. In terms of the wild card, this is a must win game. If you lose this game, you are not winning the wild card. So let's look at the Rams schedule. They're the 17th. Well, wait, wait, I just want to close that off. So the Seahawks schedule, that's what I'm talking about. Yes. Their closing schedule. You want to look at that first? Yeah, just because what I'm saying is like you really wanted the Seahawks to lose to the Eagles because you look at their closing schedule and it's tough to see a loss in that where they go to the Titans. Maybe Pittsburgh. Maybe Pittsburgh. Seven and seven Pittsburgh. But that's in. Arizona. In Seattle, right. and then Arizona. So, I mean, you're talking about a team that should feel like it's got a good chance to finish 10-7. and seven. It's the Seahawks. The and issue with the Seahawks is that their closing schedule is easy because they already play the tough part of their schedule. They had right. a, like a brutal five-week stretch, which is, I mean, they lost a lot of those games. That's why they're in this position. Yeah. They started out the year well. They beat the teams they're supposed to beat. Beating Philadelphia... I don't want to say it books them a playoff spot, but it makes them a lot more likely to be one of those wild card squads. Well, and so like here's the thing: if they lose to the Steelers and win the other two games, they're going to be seven and five in conference. So that's not helpful to the Saints because if for that to come into play, for the wild card to come into play for the Saints, they're going to have to lose a game. So the best they can get to is nine and eight. So if the Seahawks win those three games, it guarantees them a spot. So I just think that was actually a big loss or a big result. It, as a negative for the Saints, that I, yeah. in real time I was like, oh man, I'm, this is fun. To us. Yeah. Oh man. So looking at the Rams schedule, though, once again, this game is huge because after that, the Rams go to New York. We just saw what New York, the product that they put on the field. I think the Rams would definitely be favored in that game. And then they wrap up the season at San Francisco. But if you're San Francisco and you're seeing, I mean, you already own the tiebreaker over Philly or Dallas, which are really the only two teams that are competing for maybe that one seed with you. If you're San Francisco, I mean, are you resting starters in Week 18? So I, I, don't want, I don't want to say that that game would be an automatic loss, so to speak, just because it's San Francisco. San Francisco is the best team in the NFC. But looking at that schedule for the Rams, it's a manageable schedule for them as well. So if, I mean, on the Rams side of things, they're thinking the same thing. If we can win this game against the Saints, you're looking at a pretty uh, a manageable game, at least, against the Giants and potentially a, a San Francisco team resting their starters. That's a playoff spot that could be booked for them as well. I agree with that. And, you know, I mean, I think it's just, you know, if you're the Saints, you don't, again, like I said, you don't want to be looking at this and saying, how can we get in as a wild card? Because this is your division to win. Oh, yeah. Win, win three straight and you, you got the South handed to you. But it's got to be like this, like when you say like this week, this Thursday night game is huge. It's a must win. It is. Oh, yeah. Like it's easy to look at those final two games against the division opponents and say, well, those are the important games, but they're not. Like, because if you don't win this game, then you lose all of the ability to control where you go. And you're you're stuck sitting there on Christmas Eve, you know, yelling, Duval! Yo, yeah. <laughs> because you desperately need a Jaguars win. And, you know, that's I don't know if Trevor Lawrence is going to play in that game. He's dealing with a concussion. We've seen, you know, Derek Carr obviously got through the concussion protocol in one week, but it's not a guarantee. And so if you're talking C.J. Beathard in that game, 
uh, advantage Bucks, right? Yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, we've seen Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he did it to uh, to, to the Saints. I mean, when he was kind of not 100% with a leg injury, he comes back. Concussion protocol, I understand, yeah. is different. Right. But at the same time, I, I think I would be hopeful that Trevor Lawrence would be playing in that game. The line keeps kind of shifting, and it's, it's saying that they – Aren't uns- they're uncertain because obviously not much has come out about it. It's pretty kept it's kept close to vest, so to speak. Um, but yeah, I mean you got to be big Jacksonville fans this upcoming weekend. Well, and because- what I, and what I'll say about that is too is you look at it and you say, well, the Jags don't have any wiggle room whatsoever either. Yeah. So if it's like you know if there is a thing where you kind of push it and you stretch it out to the weekend because you desperately need they've lost three straight. They are in a three way tie at eight and six in With the, the Texans and the Colts. Yeah, in the AFC South, and so like that's a huge game for them. So they're going to be motivated. It's not like they like you're talking about the 49ers, the final four weeks of the season. Who knows what kind of team you get if you're pretty much locked into the top Correct. seed and you've already clinched the division. But the Jaguars are nowhere near that. They're going to go it's – a, it's a kind of an in-state rivalry. It's kind of like a college rivalry, right? It's the state of Florida fighting itself. Um, so that's yeah. going to be a game. So ultimately, like I, I think our points in this entire thing, 3-0, and you win the South, you're in as the four seed. 2-1, and there's still a chance that you could win the South if things kind of shake out your way, so to speak. Like if you go 2-1 and uh, and you win the next two games, and you lose to Atlanta in the final week of the season, but you have Tampa Bay lose to Jacksonville, or I guess even Carolina in this scenario, then you still win the South because you get that win over Tampa Bay, and that's the biggest one of the season. So, I mean, 2-1 and one either gets you potentially the South, potentially a wild-card berth, 3-0 and o books your, wild, your, your NFC South appearance in your four seed and the NFC playoff picture. So. No, Chris. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, if you're a Saints fan and you're like, hey, you got a playoff game on Thursday, right? Like that's how you should look at Every it. Every single one of these games is a playoff game. You know, one other thing I'll throw your way, and I've been I've been thinking about this for a while, and it drives me nuts because so geographically, right? We can all agree that Dallas is in the South. Dallas is a Southern team, right? Yeah. And we could probably say that the Panthers are an Eastern team, right? Like we could say that. You could say the Falcons okay. are even an Eastern. team. You could team. say that, but but the Falcons I mean, are you know yeah. it's Georgia, they're, they're it's a little further south, south right, right? Right. So if you were looking at this geographically and saying where should the Cowboys be? Right? Shouldn't it be the, the the NFC South? It's kind of like the NBA and how like they have all the Texas teams right. sc- like cluttered together with Memphis and New Orleans. But and then the only reason I bring this up is because you look at the NFC standings and if if you just did what geographically made sense and you had the Cowboys in the South and the Panthers in the in the in the East, then you would have an incredibly balanced set. You would have a ten win team in every division. And you wouldn't have a instead the East is a dogfight. Yeah, instead the East is a dogfight, and then you have the South with you know a bunch of. Uh, 500 teams in it yeah well there you go but i mean just looking at it just to sum up all this rambling that we've just done about the nfc teams that are just middle of the pack right now seven and seven or six and eight the saints you win out you book that nfc uh, south spot you're the four seed in the playoff pitcher but if you go two and one you still have a pretty good shot at making the playoffs as a wild card team it's a mess and the saints are right there in the middle of it I can't. I would. I couldn't be happier. Oh, the right, NFL, I mean, right the NFL now. loves this stuff. But all right, it's, it's this, great. This is the Saints Hour on the New Orleans Saints Radio Network, WWL AM eight seventy FM one zero five three, and the Odyssey app. I'm Jeff Nowak alongside Charlie Long. We're going to come back and talk about some dark horses who could impact the final three games. Stick around. We're talking Saints football as the black and gold get ready for a Thursday night football battle with the Rams. Out in L.A., thanks for joining myself, Jeff Nowak, filling in for Mike Haas here on the Saints Hour. Also got Charlie Long behind the glass and at Master Controls on the New Orleans Saints radio network, WWL, AM 870, FM 105.3, and always on the Odyssey app. And 
this segment, this final segment, I do want to talk about some, you know, we talk, we spent a lot of time talking about the usual suspects. We talk about Derek Carr. We talk about Chris Olave. We talk about Alvin Kamara. But I want to talk about this last segment, just some, some dark horse players that I think could play a pretty significant role in the final three games. And just to kind of call out some names, because this is the time of year where, you know, you're a young player. You're not a rookie anymore, right? You, you, you've got a much bigger workload, you've got a lot more trust in you than you might have had in weeks five, six, ten even. Um, and so, so Charlie, is there anyone that sticks out to you? I know who I, mine up. Is there anyone who sticks out to you? Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. In that kind of frame, either on offense or defense. Uh, yeah, if we're kind of going for the dark horses, so to speak, like kind of the underdog names, I, I think last week's performance by the offensive line was fantastic. And specifically, you can highlight Landon Young. I mean, Ryan Ramchek, and we've talked about this uh, on the show multiple times that, you know, it feels like every week he's kind of on the injury report because he's getting yeah. rest days, he's, he's dealing with some, some knee issues and stuff like that, but he's played through it. A lot of the time. And the fact that he missed that game against the Giants, I think, surprised a lot of people. But Landon Young stepped in and he played a great game against a really good Giants defensive front that we had highlighted all the entire week pr- prior, talking about like Dexter Lawrence and Ojolari and just some of the guys that they had up front that can really wreck games if you let them. But the offensive line was fantastic. The one kind of sack that Derek Carr had was a oh, running back yeah. pr- protection breakdown, so to speak. Um, so Landon Young. If Ryan Ramchek is not allowed to go this upcoming week on a short week against you know the Rams, which I think we kind of both anticipate that happening, uh, just given what we've seen from so far the injury report, where both the first two days, I mean, they haven't had a practice. They had a walkthrough and then a projection on Monday. He was listed as a DNP in both of them. So, yep. you know, we'll see ultimately tomorrow what happens. Like if he practices in a limited capacity, that's a good sign. But even if he can't go, I thought Landon Young was great, and I'd expect him to have another nice game against the Rams. Yeah, and I have a little concern about Ryan long term because he's not really dealing with an injury. That's the my understanding of what he's dealing with is it's kind of just a bulky knee, and it's been something he's been dealing with for a while now. And he has had the rest days, and he is on a program, and so to me, that's a little concerning. He's a guy who you have invested a lot in, and he's under contract for several more years, and. Yeah. It's not a good sign that you know you don't have. There isn't like he's dealing with a a meniscus or anything like that. It's just, just you know this cumulative cumulative. I can barely talk. This cum- cumulative impact on that knee is something that I am a little concerned about. But I do agree with you 100. percent I got the chance to catch up with Landon Young in the locker room after the game, and one thing that I've been impressed with not only was he able to step in at right tackle. If you go back a few weeks ago, Andres Pete goes out of the game, and he's in there at left tackle. And, you know, so that ability to, to jump across the line, that is very, very helpful. It's the reason James Hurst has been here, because he yeah. has that ability. And I, I asked Landon if he has leaned on James, and he has. Like, James gives him, a, I think he calls it tips and tails. He's got that kind of Kentucky slang yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah. Uh, kind of giving him that, the, you know, he's a very useful guy to lean on because it is difficult. You ask any lineman, going from right to left is not an easy thing to do. And for him to be able to do that and have that ability in the middle of the week he didn't find out he was going to start until Saturday right so to have that kind of ability to get those reps and to just pick it up I think that's you know he's not your first choice right obviously but to have a guy that you trust is is very valuable it's quality depth 
I mean, that's what yep. you need, and specifically on the offensive line, the most injured position in football. Like, you need good quality depth, and Landon Young, I think, provided that, and he proved that he could do that in that game against the Giants. I so agree with who you. Who you got, Jeff? I got Mr. A.T. Perry, Atorian Perry, the big man, you know, who's been playing big time. He's been, he's been going to him in big moments. And if you, the last three weeks in particular, you know, you, you went to him on a third and long, I think it was third and 17 in the game against the Lions. You went to, you went to him for a, for a shot play against the Panthers. It was 44 yards. You went to him again at third and third and 16. He converted on that against, uh, who'd they just beat? The Giants. And then, you know, you went to him in the end zone and he forced a pass interference. And so to me, that trust is building between he and Derek Carr. And, you know, you can kind of work past that weird thing that happened in the Falcons game where he kind of thought he false started and forgot to run the route or whatever. Uh, but I asked Derek Carr about that today and I, I thought his answer was good. In the last three weeks or so, there's been some big, you know, big moments. You've looked at AT Perry, the shot play, a couple one third downs, the pass interference. You know, is that kind of with a rookie? receiver is that kind of that trust just built throughout the season where would you say that is with, with each right now? yeah I, I definitely trust him you know uh, I can promise you throughout my career if if I throw the ball in your direction especially in some critical moments then you know I trust you and you you and they've earned that you know and AT is someone that has earned that he's he's earned those opportunities he, he continues to make plays for us um, you know down the field situationally um, you know the one in the red zone you know He's about to go up and, you know, I think catch it, you know, uh, being positive. <laughs> and he gets a P.I., great, first down. Uh, you know, so to, so to call on his number and for coaches to have him in certain spots for, hey, just in case this ball may be going to you or this may be going to you, um, that says a lot too. Uh, you know, even if the ball doesn't go there, he could be the primary and they could take it away. So uh, he's earned that right. And uh, I'm excited about him. I'm excited about his future because uh, throwing to – a guy that big and that strong and that physical uh, is always fun for a quarterback. Yeah, and I mean, you're talking about a team that doesn't have Mike Thomas right now. You're talking about a team that, you know, it, be, it does seem like Chris Olave is trending in the right direction to play on Thursday, but who, he's probably going to be on a pitch count, right? Rashid Shahid is still coming off that injury. I think he was on a bit of a pitch count last week, and so I think he'll still continue to see his role in, in, in increase. But, you know, AT is a guy who is a – X factor in very specific ways in that you, you can't guard six five in certain in certain areas. Like you can just put it up and let him go get it. And that's that's just, the Jimmy Graham effect. Exactly, right? exactly. And just if you trust that guy and you can go to him in third and sixteen, you can just put it somewhere he can go get it and he can make a play for it and you trust him to do that. That's huge. So over these final three weeks, I have I have high hopes for him in big moments to step up. Yeah, another kind of depth piece that you're hoping can step up with increased reps. I mean, they're going to ask him to play more reps while Michael Thomas is on the IR. Uh, and as you say, Chris Olave kind of up in the air about his availability, kind of the same thing. Rashid played, but, you know, he was on a pitch count. I don't think it's going to increase that much this upcoming week. So I agree with you, Jeff. I think that A.T. Perry is definitely one to watch. Yeah, and, I mean, these games are going to be fun. It's a it's a playoff atmosphere. and uh, Every single one of these games is a playoff game for the Saints. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right, but thank you so much for joining us here on the Saints Hour. We had Mike Haas. We had Saints Executive Vice President, General Manager Mickey Loomis, and then it was myself, Jeff Nowak, and Charlie Long closing you out back at the mothership. Join us for Thursday Night Football Saints at Rams. Coverage starts at 3 p.m. Kickoff with Deuce and Oss at 7.15 on the New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Who dat? You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 